Noise Radio. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. It's Wednesday again and that means it's the Wednesday night crew including Gavin Sheetham. Dave Hilda Pryor. Rookie Hyatt. And Tom And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Football. Bloody hell. What a dreary start to this podcast here on a Wednesday, which is, of course, is our preview show. But joining us for this evening, uh, we will start with Mr. Gav Cheatham, who joins us. How are you doing, Gav? Hello, Dave. Nice to see you again. Seeing a lot of you recently, more than my wife. People are talking, Gav. They are. I don't know who they are, but they are. (laughs) Also joining us this evening, of course, it's Mr. Ricky Hyatt back on the pod. Ricky Hyatt's on the pod. Ricky's on the pod. How you doing, Rick? Marvellous. Marvellous. Get me daily dose of Hilda. I don't know what the Gab's moaning about. You can't get enough. I did say I was and moaning. May I, say, may I say, you look very beautiful this evening in your new high-definition camera, I'm assuming you're I running from. the cash. There you go. Yeah, just for a pod, that's going to benefit everyone, isn't it? Me having a high-definition camera. Is that microphone as well, or just 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 a camera? Ah, uh, just 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 one thing at a time, steady. So it's just for our benefit. Yeah, That's good to, know. Benefit. good to know. And last but not least, completing the set this evening, of course, it's Mister Freddie McTombley. How you doing, Fred? Christ. <laughs> what an absolute... oh, Christ as well to what, add to the nicknames. What, what an absolute car crash this has been. Good evening. <laughs> so for those wondering. Uh, Tom Bailey, of course, is uh, doing his bit for November. So the Freddie Mercury vibes have come on top of the fact that um, people do like to tend to call him uh, Scott McTominay from this parish. So put that all together and I make it Freddie McTombolay. And I think that's what he now reads as in your um, contacts book, Rick Hyatt. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Definitely. And he will do for, for perpetuity or in perpetuity. <laughs> perpetuity. <laughs> Oh, God. Don't worry. We're not too worried about those sort of details on these sorts of podcasts. So let's get straight into it then. One place to start. And that is Chippenham 1, Yeovil 1. Um, Tom and Gav were there for Three Valleys Radio. I was there in the rowdy crowd behind the goal, giving it some. Um, Tom, I'm going to start with you first. You were in the COCOM role doing the summarising. So... um, how did you summarise it for us? A 1-1 draw away from home? Yeah, Yeovil should have won. It's, it's not the right result. Um, Chippenham played well. They had some good passing. Um, defended pretty solidly. But at the same time, it should have been 2-3-1. Um, their own goal, that well, the own goal that we scored for them uh, was 
very unfortunate as well. I've not been able to see any highlights yet, which is uh, annoying. They've not gone up, but um, from memory, at least, it was very unfortunate. So it should have been a win. And I think that's kind of echoed among um, the the post-match interviews as well with uh, Mark and, uh, and Michael Smith as well. So, yeah, annoying, but um, there's still positives to take no point in panicking just yet. I mean, it's we're still nine points clear at the top of the table so nothing to worry about just yet yeah i thought it was a very interesting game this for me because we've already spoken about this tom but from my perspective behind the goal it's amazing how differently you get a perspective on how you you see a game because i saw it totally different to have what some of the people were seeing it that some of the fans were saying online and i think different to yourself and gav as we were talking about it on the way home yesterday that i just didn't think you ever really Turn, turned up at all and I know that a lot of people were pointing towards uh, 11 shots on target and you know could have won two or three games possibly in that time but I felt particularly behind the goal that the goalkeeper even though he he played well and, and was worked at times I didn't think there was anything that made me think or oh, the goalkeepers really excelled there to have to keep and in order to keep Yeovil Town at bay. Gav you were main comms um, yesterday Am I way off with that assessment or just different perspectives depending on where you stand? Well, I think it's all it's obviously all about opinions. Me and Tom were quite shocked when we first met you post-match that you thought that your first thing you think you said was that we didn't get going at all. Because me and Tom, you know, we both agreed during the commentary and um, obviously outside of it that um, we were the better side and we did have, uh, I think, Chippenham had six chances to our eleven. But I take your point, what you said about the goalie didn't really like most of the shots were easy saves and he'd be disappointed if he didn't save them. So we didn't really, mm. really test him. Maybe aside from the uh, first half Reese Murphy free kick that I thought had come off the base of the post, but it actually got a uh, tip behind by their goalkeeper for pushed it round the corner for a corner. So, um, yeah, I and I've read some of the um, I haven't heard the post-match interviews uh like Tom has at the moment, but um, I have read a couple of um, messages on uh, X and um, Facebook and since, and a lot of fans were disappointed that um, we've won the performance and two, that we uh, didn't only ended up with one point, but then on the flip side, I've seen quite a few uh, comments saying, you know, it's still 12 unbeaten in National League South, the 10 consecutive wins amongst the, uh, unbeaten run obviously included FA Cup games till Saturday and then uh, um, there's, uh, last night and then a draw at the start of the run as well. So, and I think we increased our lead was from, it was eight points, I think, wasn't it? After Maidstone won Monday evening and we've actually increased it because uh, no damage done really because Averley and Bath also both drew um, last night. Ricky Hyatt, were you listening to Three Valleys Radio last night? Of course. What else? Where else would I find my details? I got to listen to the, listen to the chaps. It was it was it was a good listen. I was just disappointed that uh, a, a goal was ruled offside because uh, Freddie McTombley exploding live on air would have, would have been quite spectacular. The thing that was missing from the performance really. It was probably for the best as well because the laptop was on my lap, so we wouldn't have been able to broadcast any further if that had happened. So, well, we've we've damaged a microphone due to excessive goal celebrations. Lord knows what would have happened if that one had stood. But from listening in, Rick, did you get sort of a, a sense of whether you thought that Yeovil were were on top at all, or just one of those that you know could have easily got in there? Not a very 
not their best performance, but nick the win, come away with the three points and move on, and then obviously just sucker punched at the end. Yeah, it sounded very much like Yeovil were in control, had that goal, and it's just disappointing to concede an, an equaliser. It does, at the end of the day, it, it does feel like two points dropped rather than one point gained. But then again, it is one point gained, and uh, no damage done, maintaining the lead at the top of the division and just get get the job done as soon as possible really so yeah it's disappointing it's frustrating it's not what you would want but it is what it is and it wasn't it wasn't a defeat so that's the main thing and then move on get another three points on Saturday and Tom you were there for the game on on Saturday as well of course where they it was a changed side for the defeat up at Torquay but unfortunately they weren't able to get back to their winning ways in the league but from your perspective there was nothing there yesterday that made you think oh we need to start we need to be worried about what's going to happen over the weeks ahead just possibly one of those where it just didn't come off and go again on Saturday against Welling yeah yeah absolutely there's not really a, a lot of people online are saying that it's it's a, it was no coincidence that Charlie Cooper's come back in and all of a sudden we're not winning I'm like it's a load of well bad words um it's yeah, it's stupid. Charlie Cooper was great last night in the 20-ish minutes. He had deals all over the pitch. Sure, some of his tackles didn't come off. Some of his passes didn't come off. But why are we hyper-focusing on one player when everyone had misplaced passes? Matt Worthington made three or four, well, attempted three or four key passes that didn't come off. Where's, where's the attacks on him if, if we're going to treat everyone like that? Um, he's just come back into the side after a bad injury. Give him a chance to at least breathe. Um yeah, we'll be fine on, on Saturday. Hopefully we'll win. I know Welling are um, further down the table than Chippenham, so fingers crossed we can um, get back to winning ways. Yeah, and as you say, um, three valleys will be there on Saturday, and as things stand, it will be George Marshall James in the chair uh, on Saturday afternoon, so look out for the socials to keep up to date with everything that's happening with Yeovil Town in the National League South. Um, Gav, just final point on Tuesday. A similar question to what I said to Tom, really, that uh, from your perspective, there was nothing there which made you think, oh, I'm going to be a bit more nervous over the next couple of weeks. Just um, a case of just being unlucky at the end, not seeing it out. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it was just one of them nights where it didn't quite come off for Reese Murphy and Frank Newblay, Sonny Cox, you know, I drifted in that other game. Will Dawes, you know, he done some good stuff and then he do some not so good stuff. Similar to when um, GMD come on, he'd do a good cross and then he'd follow it up with a not so good cross. But agree with Tom, I thought Charlie Cooper in his cameo, he, what's he been out for? Five, six weeks? Quite a long time, hasn't he? He was driving from midfield. He was breaking up, um, chipping him, trying to hit us on the counter-attack. He was uh, trying to thread through balls inside the uh, full-backs for like, likes of Murphy and Nublay. And uh, I thought he was um, excellent in his 20 minutes. And I just think it's it's like when we had um, Lee Johnson playing under Gary many moons ago, wasn't it? It's always like uh, the easy scapegoat is the manager's son. It's just uh, some fans are just uh, a bit like um, senseless in their criticism of uh, certain individuals. And like Tom said, you could have levied it at not every pass at uh, Matt Wormington or or any other of the of the um creative players did come off. So um yeah, nothing to worry about. Um hopefully like Tom said, Welling are in the bottom four. So um hopefully back to winning ways on um Saturday. 
Rick, is it is this going to be a case of if if it need if there needed to be one, it was just more of a a gentle reminder to everyone connected with Yeovil that even though they find themselves well clear at the moment at the top of the table, that it doesn't mean that every game between now and the end of the season is going to be another W. Yeah, you, you can't let complacency creep in. It's not a bad thing necessarily. Not that you want to lose a game, but to maybe uh, it's a bit of a reality check to draw a game and realise that you are fallible and uh, gives you that incentive especially losing the lead like that gives you the incentive to go again go again next week and come back stronger because you want to get that uh, that W again which is a very nice thing well I'll stick with you on that one because it is a preview so Welling Yeovil Town Rick Hyatt give us a prediction for Saturday afternoon goals 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 3-0 Yeovil thank you excellent stuff Tom Bailey Ooh. I'm going to go 2-1 Yeovil. Ooh. Tight fixture up at Welling, according to Tom Bailey. What about you, uh, Gav Cheaton? I'm going to go for a nervy, but back to winning ways, 1-0 Yeovil. Well, well, Welling. What, what, what about you, Dave Pryor? 1-3. 1-3. Welling 1, Yeovil 3. So, yeah, I guess by definition... It's goals, goals, goals. Rick, what's the minimum number of goals for a game to be goals, 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 just out of interest? At three. It's the clue is in the title. And do, and do both teams have to have at least notched one in order for that to be the case? No, I think I, th- I think a, a gross three is, is all that's required in, in, in whatever uh, combination you choose. But the clue is there is goals, goals, goals. Yeah. One Why goal are you asking for me every... anyway? It's your, it's your catchphrase. It's your, you're the <laughs> arbiter. It's nothing to do with me. Well, we'll just keep that in mind for when we go through the predictions uh, later on as to whether or not it is classed as a goals, goals, goals game. Well, the next topic is probably something that none of you boys really have much of an interest in. Tom, possibly, uh, to a, a better extent, which is international football. Uh, I believe when I spoke to Rick Hyatt about this last week, um, when I asked him about his thoughts on the Croatian national team, he said to me something along the lines of, let's move on. So um, I'm sure he's waiting, brimming with an opinion on this occasion. That That was the correct answer, Dave. (laughs) Um, Tom, as an international enthusiast out of the guests that we have available this evening, um, we have now wrapped up the uh, qualification which i'm sure everyone will be pleased to hear about um just sort of a full flavor and synopsis on you on whether or not you thought there was any any drama or any shocks in there because uh, i believe the playoff draw is going to be tomorrow lunchtime i think there's three spaces still available everybody cheering rick hyatt included any big stories tom any takeaways from you about any surprises about who's made it or who hasn't made it more to the point I wouldn't say there aren't many surprises as to who's not made it. Um, I suppose if you had to really look, it would be maybe Poland, but they're not exactly amazing. For some reason, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to find the pots because they were announced today and the timeline is just absolutely flooded with predicted pots. So that's um, a load of rubbish. Um, Yeah, Poland are probably the only team that I could say haven't qualified yet that should have i know wales are meant to be in the playoff as well and some of the pots as well are are very um wonky because of how they run it now 
Um, so England could possibly get a draw of uh, Denmark, Holland and Italy because Italy, for some reason, are a pot four team. Um, it's it's um, it's weighted really bizarrely. I mean, you've got some interesting teams in there as well. Romania is good to see them in a tournament. Again, Hungary qualified top of their group. Um, Albania back into a European tournament as well. So it could be an interesting tournament. Um, there isn't really a clear favourite either. So... Um, qualifying wise there's nothing too exciting other than the well the the games we discussed on the monday um when mark was on everything seems to have gone to plan yeah from an england perspective it was two performances against malta and north macedonia that have raised a few eyebrows but i think those sorts of games were always going to weren't they because they're already through they knew what was happening so from gareth southgate's point of view he's always going to be damned if he did and damned if he didn't because you can experiment as much as you like but on the flip side he hasn't got this team uh to he's not going to have the team for for very long um and so i think march is the next time he has them and then after that it's the european championship so i mean can you sort of see why he didn't maybe rotate as much as people were expecting him to or possibly hoping for him to yeah i think it's um like we said a couple of pods ago there was there's only about four more friendlies before the actual tournament starts in Germany next summer. So you can't go too uh, gung-ho with giving out debuts and making lots of changes. So that's probably why he did go fairly strong the two friendlies. But they were both very... I watched both the games and I wish I hadn't. But they were both underwhelming performances, weren't they? In the uh, the narrow victory over Malta and then the uh, draw against North Macedonia. But um, a bit like... Um, you know, at least Kane didn't start both games because obviously if Kane, heaven forbid, got an injury, then you would have to uh, have a plan B for the attacking option. And the same with like Pitford as a shoe-in for the number one spot. I was a bit surprised why he played against North Macedonia. It would have been made more sense to me to play, um, you know, Ramsdale or, um, or Pope, really, to give them a run out. I didn't see the sense of giving Pitford another game because we know that he's going to be number one. Like, we know Kane's going to be the main man at the other end of the pitch. So, um, all in all, yeah, it was disappointing. We did, we've did still gone through the group unbeaten, haven't we? But um, it's always a... Uh, it's just getting ready for the tournament now, isn't it? Tinkering with some friendlies. I don't expect we'll see many new faces in the uh, March friendlies. And then it'll be all systems go for next summer and hopefully another good tournament. And um Let's hope we finally, finally get to win one again. One, one exciting thing about it, though, it, it was it was lovely to see that that young Henderson lad from the Perry Street League get a game. I've often wondered what he what he could do at international level. Did you listen to the pod on Monday because Tom Bailey was going full Rick Hyatt? <laughs> Good man. I fought in your honour. <laughs> Thank you. I was disappointed. Actually, the one thing that disappointed me about Monday was. Uh, the discussion about the 115 club and and Adrian cut it dead just before it got to you and I thought well there's half an hour straight away <laughs> can I just jump in as well with the internationals quickly um I'm just yeah, looking God, at you're the... not jumping in at all we're talking about it right now it's inclusive oh, well we we, div- we diverted briefly to um to well the 115 club um I'm just looking at the playoffs because I was actually curious to see who was being well who was up for them um Path C, uh, the four team. There's that's the only path that's actually confirmed at the moment. Like just all, before all you go on to that, Tom, just for for listeners' perspective, because I can understand if they're a little bit confused. This is a mixture 
or is it fully Nations League pass? It's a mix of third place teams from the qualifying and Nations League. It's it's a so bit like, of a, so like the it's best a mess. third place teams, presumably. Yeah. Quali- yeah. So Path C consists of Georgia versus Luxembourg. Uh, and Greece versus Kazakhstan. They're the semi-finals. So one of those, so one of those four will, yeah. will make Euros. So on paper, you'd say it's Greece, but Luxembourg have pulled off a couple of good, important wins. They came third in their group. Georgia have got um, Kavatskeria, um, who's also very good. Kazakhstan did well in their group as well. So that could be the, the well, the quote-unquote weird group. Uh, there's Israel and Bosnia and Herzegovina in path B. Um, and two of finland ukraine and iceland will join them and uh, path a is poland estonia and wales and one of the other three previously mentioned basically i'm describing this badly it's a real mess but some of those teams are going to make it to the euros and uh, it'll be interesting to see who who uh, rocks up it'd be nice to see a weird one like luxembourg or georgia that's not made it before or kazakhstan or kazakhstan Yeah, kudos for um, actually trying to explain that, Tom, because, um, as I say, I've tried to sort of open that out for clarification for the listener. But if you're just as confused, don't worry. I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same position as you. Just just <laughs> shut your eyes and see what happens. Wake up in, I can't even remember where the playoffs are. Just Oh, March. So after March, we'll know. So wait until then. Last topic I wanted to discuss before we dip into the preview is it was announced today that Horsham have been uh, reinstated into the FA Cup after Barnsley with a... Admin error, should we put it down to, and fielded an eligible player in the earlier rounds. Um, Gav, I guess we've we've seen it quite not necessarily a lot, but we have seen this before uh, in years gone by. And I guess from Barnsley's point of view, they just have to suck it up and face the punishment. Yeah, I can't believe a established league club, you know, have made a. I don't know how easy or difficult it is to make a administration error, but they've. Um, their fans will not be happy with their secretary or whoever's responsible for the uh, error. And um, yeah, and um, Horsham, who done really well, didn't they, in the first game for a battle? Safe to say, Gav, whoever think... it was, is not going to be having a drink bought for them in Barnsley anytime soon. <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah, they they done really well, Horsham, didn't they, in the opening um, in the first game to to at three all on uh, up at Barnsley, and they've uh, and they've got. You know, struggling Sutton in place of Barnsley. So you never know; they could uh, get the, um, you know, the dream one of the big boys in the third round if they manage to pull off another shock and get past Sutton on uh, next weekend. So uh, could turn out to be very profitable for Horsham against all odds, really, when they thought their FA Cup runs over. Yeah, Rick. I was talking to Tom earlier, and I sort of said well, it's kind of a. Um... A mixed bag, really, because, of course, they'll be delighted that they've got an opportunity now to go through to the next round. But they've obviously missed out as well by the same token of being on the TV, because if Horsham were already through when the TV fixtures were first scheduled, they probably would have been a pick that the TV companies would have been keen on having, seeing as they've been one of the lowest ranked sides. So they've sort of missed out there, although obviously I appreciate they're grateful to get another opportunity. Could be worse. They could be on TV, ITVX. That's not great, is it? But anyway, there you go. I thoroughly recommend listening to Freddie McTominay and uh, and Gav Cheatham on the commentary that day, rather than watching a shoddy streaming service. I completely back up that point of view. Thanking you. (laughs) 
Well, listen, we can park all that now. International break is done for another four months, apparently. The next one is going to be March time. So uh, we can now breathe. It's all prem, prem, prem from here on in. And we start with a big clash at 12.30 to delight everyone, including Jurgen Klopp, that the 12.30 fixture on Saturday kicking things off is Manchester City against Liverpool. And Rick, I'm afraid I am going to have to come to you first because both Tom and Gav and myself have a horse in this race. So I'm sure you're going to be completely balanced in your preview here. Firstly, who's your money on? How do you see it going? Will the 12.30 also have an effect on the quality of the game? What was the the Gary Neville quote about your wife running off for your best friend or whatever? I mean, could they, if they could both lose, that would be lovely. That'd be delightful. Oh, so here's your opportunity to sit on that fence that you enjoy. But do you believe it? That's the question. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know, who do you... Don't come to me asking for a sensible opinion on on this game i okay let me try and ask it another way with these sorts of games yeah if you're anything like me i'm always inclined to sort of go with the home team with these would that be fair comment here very very probably i mean abu dhabi will probably come out winning winning this one they're gonna have to score two because obviously mo salah will get his penalty other than that i I, two 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 one two at the Etihad? I'm not so sure about that. I don't know. He, he, he does. He is inclined to get a decision or two. You might have noticed. I've no idea what you're talking about. I, I think you should go and ask one of the other two one-eyed gentlemen. But I would like if it, if it was uh, goals, 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 and a three-all draw or something of that nature would sort of like make it more tolerable. It's, it's, it's yeah, something like that would be nice. Tom, what's your assessment? <laughs> I'm not quite sure what Rick actually told us. Then. No, neither am I. Move, that's Hold why I said move on. <laughs> I hate 12.30 kickoffs. The 3-1 City, it's not a Liverpool win. It's at the Etihad. We are always rubbish at the Etihad. And City are... One win in nine seasons, I think it is, Tom. Yeah, it's 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 a wraps. It's, it's a C. Haaland is, is some... Well, supposedly he's injured, so he'll start. It's, Every yeah. single time this sort of things happen. I remember once way back in the day that all the build-up was Thierry Henry was not going to be available for Arsenal-Liverpool. He passed a late fitness test, scored a hat-trick and Arsenal won 4-2. Ugh. It's, it's going to be that again. <laughs> like City always do it. They're like, yeah, he's not fit. And then he, he makes the bench, comes on, scores the goal. And you're like, I'll just go away. Yeah, 3-1 City. Liverpool won't be up for the races. Either a Salah penalty or uh, a Shobosh like goal. Oh, yes, a shobbishly goal. Uh, Gav, do you agree with that? No, I'm going to go optimistic from the red side. Good man. I'm gonna, it's about Three time nil. they... Um, oh, no, not that optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for... Like, um, I'm going to think it's about time Liverpool did win that. The Etihad and Haaland, whether he's fit or he's not, has a, one of his off days, like he occasionally has. And uh, I'm going to go for 2-1 Liverpool. So I'm going to say 2-1 City because I do think that uh, the home team does tend to sort of come out on top in these particular games. I think it will be 
a great contest and unfortunately I, I i do think that something controversial will happen it'll be var a red card something something will happen and then it will all blow up in liverpool's face but we'll see i'm hopeful but and you're not even watching are you dave you're not even watching you're going to Longley, aren't you Yes, I uh, I did promise my family that uh, I will take them to Longleat for the day and to see the lights in the evening. But I hadn't realised that it clashed with this game. So um, maybe that does mean that we'll win because I'm not going to be tuned in. Normally those th- those those things work that way that you don't have an eye on it. You then come home and realise that you won three nil and it was a brilliant game. So uh, that's what I'm holding on to. So we'll see. Do you want to hold on to your windscreen wipers as well if you're going to Longley? <laughs> yes. Tom gave me the same advice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll be sure not to walk my son through that area just in case. Yeah, Rick, maybe this one will be a little bit nicer for you. Burnley West Ham, the Claret and Blue Derby. Discuss. If only Adrian was on the pod this week, he with his in- in-depth knowledge of Burnley. Could have come <laughs> in handy. West Ham are going to win 2-0. Simple as that. And the misery is going to continue for Burnley. And, yeah, I just can't see West Ham not winning that one, to be honest with you. Jared Bowen, a couple goals, or at least an assist, or something. Might captain him in my fantasy team this week. I was going to say, I've got him in my team as well, so I'd quite fancy some of that. Well, what you do you think, do Tom? Points. So don't do anything silly like that. <laughs> we, um, we had the enigma of the circle of of wins where Burnley beat Luton, Luton beat Everton and Everton beat Burnley. So they're all as bad as each other. And for that reason, they will lose again. Uh, West Ham will, yeah, 2-0. I don't really see any way at the moment for Burnley to do anything. West Ham, yeah, 2-0. Full set of 2 nils, uh, Gav Cheatham? Um, I might go a bit, I might go 3-0 West Ham. Maybe Antonio, Bowen, Ward Price, maybe. So, yeah, I can't see anything. I think Burnley, they still got this unwanted record, wouldn't it? And isn't it? They've lost their first six at home in the Premier League. I don't think they've even picked up a point at home yet, have they? So, uh, I can see that continuing on Saturday because I uh, just think, like the boys have already said, West Ham would just be too strong on the day for them. 3 0 to West Ham for me. So, I so will say. Are you that on this one, Hilda? I reckon it's going to be 0 1. I reckon. I think West Ham's away form can be a little bit patchy, but I do think that they'll still have enough. And Burnley, as we know, are just quite toothless, aren't they, at the moment? So, uh, yeah, I will say nil one on that one. The next one, though, I think this is a very interesting one indeed. Uh, Rick, we'll come all the way back round to you because it's uh, Crystal Palace that are away to Luton Town. Yes. Discuss. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's what we're here for, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Crystal Palace will keep a clean sheet and will probably nick the odd... A lot of away win, making up for that shoddy Liverpool performance at the Etihad. Going to go with uh, a, a, another away win, I think. I think it will be 1-0 to Crystal Palace. Uh, and yeah, that's that's that, that's what that's what I that's what I think. And I think that's that one done and taken care of. Yes. <laughs> it would amaze me if this doesn't fill the Freddie McTombley slot on match of the day. Funnily enough, that was going to be my next question. Can you give us any hope or any uh, encouragement as to why you think this might not be last on match of the day, or are you not going to be able to come up with something to answer that question? 
Uh, it's because I have a different pick for the bottom of the match of the day running. So it'll be second to last. Ooh. I actually see Luton winning this one. And I don't know why. Palace have just been really odd. I can't really call them at all. Um, they lost to Everton and then beat Burnley, as you'd expect. But they lost They're as middle of the road as it gets, Burns. aren't they? That's the problem. Yeah, they, you, know, were, you don't know what you're going to get. Luton were robbed in their last home game. They should have seen that one out and won that one. They're robbed in their away game as well. <laughs> Touche! <laughs> Back in the box. Um, Sorry, Fred. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I just feel like it could be a 2-1 Luton. I think there'll be goals. This is a goals, goals, goals. And I just, I think Colton Morris, who is quite possibly the worst Premier League striker we've been graced with in modern history, Since uh, will score. Um yeah, I just, I, yeah, 2 1 Luton. Gav, any advances? Well, I'm going to go for the, uh, the, in the other, other possible option, I'm going to go for a draw. So I think it's, it's going to be goals, goals, just one all. And I think that, because um, Palace, although they've had a couple of uh, decent away wins away at the, some of the smaller clubs, uh, Burnley and um, Manchester United, I think that, um, I think that they will, um, Luton will put up a fight, and like their last game, they, uh, I think Luton uh, end up drawing one-one. Rick, what's that? I don't know what that sign means. Oh, you'll learn. You stay. On, you come on the pod <laughs> often enough, you get used to it. On we, Rick's we, we shiny new play. webcam. Oh yeah, that's an HD read sign. Um, so, so, I agree with Gav hey, Cheaton. I think this is going to be one-all. Going, go, yeah, I going think... by that, this this could be the rarest of things. Someone is going to get this one right, aren't they? <laughs> We've covered every score. Someone's going to get it right. So, Someone needs to go match gonna... abandoned. Yeah, I was, about to, say, abandoned. I was about to say, yeah, it means the match is going to be abandoned now, isn't it? Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I'm, Luton, are, they need their home form to be good. That goes without saying. But I do, I do think that, that they're sort of that team that they, they'll get the crowd behind them and they'll, and they'll, they'll play well and then they'll, they'll be a sucker punch. Similarly to like Rick was alluding to against the Liverpool game. I think it happened against Wolves as well when um, they they couldn't quite uh, get the win and they lost it late to Burnley at home as well. They're like in the games, but they just can't quite see them through. So um, that's why I'm leaning towards a draw on that one. So uh, I'm going to mix it up because Rick will not want to answer this next one. So Gav, I'm going to come back round to you. It's Newcastle-Chelsea at three o'clock. How do you see it? I've been, um, I've been impressed with uh, Chelsea's last couple of results the um the win against uh, spurs on the monday night football a couple of weeks ago and also the um the uh double desmond 4-4 against uh manchester city that was a as a enjoyable game as well as well and i think newcastle have got uh, a few injuries at the moment haven't they and they've been struggling in europe so i think they're struggling with the premier league back in the champions league um Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday routine. So I think, as they're improving under Poch, I think Chelsea will sneak this one. So I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea, I think. Sounds like there's going to be a lot of boring games um, from your perspective, Gav. Um, Tom, do you see it being as close as that? Do you see Newcastle coming out with a blank here? I don't see them coming out with a blank. I do think it will be a 1-0, though, but this time in Newcastle's favour. Chelsea, similar to the Arsenal game. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea 
are getting there, but Newcastle will be um, pretty cheesed off after their um, their Bournemouth defeat. So I think yeah, they'll be um, up and firing. And uh, as as much as we've got doubtful injuries on this list, I see. Uh, I imagine they'll uh, Wilson and Isaac will both at least be on the squad. So yeah, one nil Newcastle, maybe like a long staff goal. Rick, are you uh, joining the one nil train? All aboard to Newcastle. Woo-woo. Two all. Oh. Based on the fact that it's been a miserable afternoon so far, and it would be <laughs> lovely to see some goals, 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 and. It would also be very funny to see both of these teams conceding goals, goals, goals and Mudrick to score both for Chelsea because he's going to set the Premier League on fire and show that he is the player that we all know he really is. Boring for me. It's going to be another draw and it's going to be one apiece. Nicholas Jackson will be terrible throughout the game, but will get a back post tap in and that will be his goal. Will he know that Um, he did it though? Yeah, I mean, but this will be his third attempt because the other two, he wouldn't have timed his run at all and would be clearly offside for the other two. Um, But yeah, I I could just see this one being a... I think Chelsea would be pretty pleased with the point, to be honest. I think they'd be happy with it. Newcastle would obviously want the win, but they're, I don't know, they're they're a little bit of an odd side at the moment, aren't they? You never know what you're going to get, and I don't know what you're going to get with both of them, hence the draw. So uh, another tasty weekend ahead of Barclays, as uh, Tom Bailey would put it. Well, Nottingham Forest, Brighton, also uh, making up the three o'clocks, a lot of three o'clocks at the weekend. Tom, let's start with you this time. Oh, I see this being goals, goals, goals. I'm I'm undecided as to which way. I can't even remember what everyone did before the break. Brighton drew Sheffield United and Forest lost against West Ham. I'm going to say 3-2 Brighton. I'm not sure why, I just have this feeling. Brighton are goal scorers anyway. Um, Forest, if they need to be, can. But I think they'll um, do enough. I see that Anthony Taylor is in the middle of the field for that one. So we'll have an absolutely cataclysmic red card in, um, incident as well. Gav Cheatham, you're up next. I think I'm going to go opposite to Tom. I'm going to go for a home win because I think Forest aren't too bad at City Grounds. And Brighton have... Uh not been as consistent as he were last season. Maybe another club affected by uh, playing in Europe as well. So I'm going to go 2-1 to not- Nottingham Forest. What about you then, Rick? Because um, Nottingham Forest, they strike me as that team where one in every five games, they get a really good result against the team that you wouldn't expect. Like the, the other day when they, when, when they beat... Villa really, really comfortably 2 0 on Monday night football and it's as comfortable as it gets. How many like, weeks ago? And no was one that really David? saw that no one really saw that one coming. Is that more than a couple? I don't know. And are we due? Brighton have got a hit form again, haven't they? They've been underperforming for so long. I'm tempted to two one to Brighton. Because they've got they've got to turn it round and start being getting results and not just being the hipster's choice for uh, for the way they play. So, yeah, I think that they're going to yeah, get yeah they'll get a result in this one. Seems to me, since you started calling them the hipster's choice, they haven't really been able to string a couple of results together. No. So Liverpool, of course, have, have long been the hipster's choice. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Um, I'm going to have to agree, Rick. I think that Brighton are due one, aren't they? Um, they're, doing, they're going well in Europe, and I think that they're... 
they need to start to get their league campaign back off and up and running. So uh, I expect them to to come out firing and win at the city ground. Well, but uh, but do you agree that they're the hipsters' choice for this argument? Yes, yes, I do believe they are the hipsters' choice. Thank yes. You. Well, let me stick with you then, because we've got a mouth-watering tie, and I think this is probably Tom's choice for last on Match of the Day, but we'll find out from him in a second. Sheffield United, Bournemouth. Is this a proper basement battle, Rick Hyatt? In the last round of fixtures, Bournemouth were, of course, my heroes, having uh, 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 that victory against Saudi Arabia. So I think that they've got a bit of momentum now, ever since we all predicted or Tom at least predicted that the manager was going to uh, go walk about. They've uh, they've strung a few results together, and I think it will continue in the Steel City. And I think it'll be a Solanke goal, and it'll be one nil. How do you see it, Tom? Do you see any of these two sides providing the steel? No, 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 no. I, I, there is. I don't think there's a fixture I'm looking forward to less this season than this one. So no, no. There's generally no, no redeeming qualities in this match at all at this stage of the season. Will you be asleep by the time this one comes on? Though? We'll just be gently snoozing away. Well, thankfully it's three o'clock, so I've got other stuff to, to pay attention to. But it feels like... day, not when it's oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll, just turn, <laughs> I'll just turn it off. I'll Tom's turn it off. mid-afternoon nap at three o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. Stick a fiver on it. No, no. I'm, je- I'm that convinced it's going to be an awful game. It's like the Burnley Gav? West Brom of lockdown. Where that Gav, was, can you offer that was any on, optimism here? Was, I'm not done. I'm not, I'm not done. Let me talk. I'm going for goals. 14. But only one of them. <laughs> and I'm going for uh, Sheffield United. They beat Wolves, didn't they, last time out in their last home game. So they've got that monkey off their back. So I'm going to go for a uh, Sheffield United win because I don't think Bournemouth have won away all season in the Premier League. So I think that will continue. And I think it will be, I still think it's the last on match of the day. I agree with Tom, but I think it'll be uh, 1-0 to the Blades. Tom, I've never known anyone to have such an array of different opinions about a game they don't really have much of an opinion about. <laughs> He's strongly not opinioned about it. <laughs> it came from the depths. It's, it's, the, it's the Burnley West Brom of lockdown when you're paying 15 quid for pay-per-views and everyone knew it was going to be a nil-nil. And sure enough, it finished nil-nil. Unbelievable. It's exactly the same. He's Boring. saving up all his spite and venom for this game because this is the one week where he wants Everton to win so he can't be horrible about them. We'll come on to that because we haven't got, we haven't got um, too many to get through now before we get to, get to Sunday. I'll just quickly throw my, uh, my penny's worth in and I'll say that I think there will be goals in this one. I think, uh, I think it's going to be Desmond. I always think fine with these games other than the one that you've just referenced there, Tom. Quite often, the chaotic nature of some of these teams and how they find themselves—the defending's normally non-existent, and the attacking players normally come into fruition. So I'm going to say Desmond here, and who knows? It might even be second on match of the day. But where will Brentford Arsenal be, Rick, at the 5:30 offering? Brentford Just... have been one of those teams that seem to really have the sign over Arsenal until last season. Of course, there's no Tony who seemed to really enjoy tormenting. The boys from London. How do you see Mikel Arteta's men and his Lego army getting on here? Just one thought. This is the 5.30 game. Will you be back home from being interfered with by monkeys at this point? Or will you still be en route? So I reckon that we might be getting through the door right on kickoff that sort of time. Okay. Just for the exciting bit. Right. 
I predict this is, this, this is the most interesting <laughs> thing about this particular fixture is the hair of the managers because one moves excessively and one never moves at all. So there's a real contrast in styles there. The hair derby. Yes, definitely. I think that this could be the fixture where I get back on my fence. I, I think it's going to be a one-all draw. Care to elaborate? <laughs> because both teams will score one. Yes. <laughs> Therefore, the points and the spoils will be shared, David. And they will re receive from the Premier League panel one point each. <laughs> uh, do you need any more detail, or is, is that enough? I think I think I think that's enough for the listener. I have all, everything I need. Gav Cheaton, do you think that it will be one point awarded to each team at the end of this one? No, I do not, David. I think Brentford will receive no points, and Arsenal will receive three points at the end of the evening. After a I'm, score of three-one to Arsenal, I'm going for. I think Brentford have had the stuffing knocked out of them at Anfield just before the international break, so they'll be um, so they're uh, continue their uh, downward spiral with. Uh, yeah, I think Arsenal have too much room on the night, and I think it'd be three-one. Thomas, we seem to be getting Eurovision vibes. Tom Bailey, can I have your results for Brentford v Arsenal, please? I am gonna I'm gonna join Rick on the fence, but it's a tall offence. I'm gonna say it's two-two. Goals, goals, goals. And uh, this game generally feels like it's going to be a good one anytime I see it come up. So I'm looking forward to it. 2-2. Two, two. Make sure you get home in time, Dave, for that one then. Yeah, well, I'm going to go for a variation of his four goals. And I reckon it's going to be 1-3. I think it's the sort of game where Arsenal seem to... OK, they lost at Newcastle the other day. But generally speaking, they tend to pick up points for these sorts of games now. And Brentford have just fallen a little bit into that palace type of not quite sure what you're going to get from week to week so um yeah i'm gonna stick my neck out as it were and go for a one three there as that wraps up sunday with only two games left um we'll start with the two o'clock let's do it in order gav cheetham we'll start with you tottenham hotspur against aston villa can spurs get back on the uh, wagon as it were i think so i think um villa are better at home than they are on the road Spurs have made a good start under Ange apart from the last couple of results so um, I think it will be I'm going to go 2-0 to Spurs Rick can Unai make it a difficult afternoon for Big Ange on Sunday afternoon potentially Spurs have got injuries as I covered in depth on the last prediction show because uh, Madison and some other chaps whose names I couldn't remember were out. <laughs> I still got them. Have you remembered now? No. You've had a couple of weeks. No, <laughs> I haven't. They're probably fit now, Rick. That's, this is what I was waiting for, Gav. I you just, were hoping for. <laughs> yeah, if I stalled long enough, they'd be back fit again. Oh, this is uh, funny. Cause it I, always find, I always find that Villa, for how good they are, I never quite trust them away from home. No, That's where they kind of sit for me. As soon as you expect them to win, it'll all go bits up and they'll they'll not win and Ange needs to get back needs to get the good times a rolling again down at the Tottingham Hotspurs stadium and I think it will probably be 2-0 to the Tottinghams Tom Bailey uh, it's gonna be goals 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 Ooh. Villa have been really good and like away from home as well at least it feels like we'll we'll gloss over the Forest game 
Spurs have obviously been great as well. Hit a bad run with uh, the loss against Wolves as well. But despite Villa winning their last two against Spurs, that was against stodgy, ugly Spurs. This is a different version. I'm going to go Spurs 4, Villa 2. Crikey, oh blimey. You're kidding. Big if true. <laughs> because, because, because I was going to say exactly the same, and I kid you not. Nah. It suddenly occurred to me with these prediction shows that... Nobody really goes for the scores, and there's normally one in every weekend at least where it it can be a little bit crazy if you want to call it oh, that. that. One's coming and, up. and I think that, <laughs> well, yeah, quite. But uh, I was thinking to myself, Spurs four, Villa two, something like that. So, uh, hey, Tom, put a fiver on it now. Is my advice. You two are loonies. Gab Cheatham, any advance on four two? I've done mine, haven't I? I went first. Oh, did, have I done all of you now? Oh, we've had such yeah. fun with all these goals. <laughs> God, I'm being blinded. This is a disaster. <laughs> Come on, Emric. That means it's time. You've got around about five minutes or so to get your thoughts in here of uh, United going to Everton. So the question that's the obvious one that I'm sure everyone's going to ask is, is this a bad time to play Everton after their points deduction, Rick? Of course Hyatt? it is. There's only one team that could possibly be playing Everton. After they've got a bleeding points deduction and they're going to be playing out of their skins to prove everyone wrong, isn't it? There's always going to be United. Every single day of the week. And with that, 3-0 United. Is that where you go? <laughs> All right. You've been reading my script. Yeah, I think United will do it 2-0, to be honest with you. There you go. Marcus Rashford going to get back on the score sheet. Is he? sure assist because he's back in training. So that's a, that's a very good thing if he manages to play. In, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's typical, so typically United to get bleeding Everton when they're going to be fired up. But um, yeah, I, th- I think United. It, it, you know, against it's, it's going to be a miserable weekend for Merseyside. Put it is like that way. so? It is. It's Manchester two, Merseyside nil point. Gav, do you think that it's uh, going to be the blue side of Merseyside who will be uh, cheering come six o'clock on Sunday evening? I think um, I think they'll be half cheering because I'm going to go for a draw in this one, which um, would be um, unusual for United because they haven't drawn yet, have they, Rick? No. Nope. They've had uh, either wins or defeats, so I'm going by the law of averages that um, I think Everton have only had a couple of draws themselves, so I'm uh, going for 1-1. Tom Bailey? Is Tom Bailey going to predict an Everton win? I don't oh, want yeah, this to. This is not good I for you, you don't is want it, really? To. I know you don't want to. Can I abstain? No. Um, I didn't Rick on the first question? No, I just with waffled, Man City for five minutes and got away with it, sort of. <laughs> Tom wants to do the same. He's more than welcome. Onana's injured. Now I don't know if that means that's good or not for United. But just bring in who's likely to who's likely to play? It would be um Altai by India. Mm. Oh, the one that we haven't. Is it, has he played in any capacity yet, Rick? Not, so not you yet. Don't really know what you're going to get. No, It'll be about he's. he's, he's Eight foot six. Yeah, he's played more international football than club football this season. Oh, Calvin um, Phillips. <laughs> that's that'll be the one. Oh, go on, no Everton. Awful. Don't want this. I, I hate it. I hate it. Now it's you got know like what? this is exactly how I feel. What, what, what a way Saturday. to round off the weekend, Tom Bailey. Come this on, is, Tom. This is Come real. On. This is real. Like Sean Dyche's first game against Arsenal vibes, where they shouldn't, but they'll be so cheesed off. Hopefully, their uh, 10 points deduction actually goes away just to kind of fuel the United conspiracy that uh, they deducted just to fire Everton up for the United game. 
I take that back. I really want them to keep their ten points, and it's deserved. Uh, yeah, one 0 Everton. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be like Gav here, and I'm gonna sign off with a one-one draw here. I think it's very much the type of game where do I really trust Everton? No. Do I really trust United? No. So therefore, by definition, in my mind, it has to be a draw. But whether it works that way, I don't know. I think Rick's right in t in terms of that they the Goodison Park faithful will be really fired up and, and stuff. So you'd expect a little bit of a reaction for that to rub off into the players. And Everton are actually in good form anyway, aren't they? <laughs> we touched on it the other... Um, I think you touched on it on the pod on Monday that Everton have been ducted 10 points and they're still not bottom of the table, which just goes to show how <laughs> bad Burnley have been this season, as we have discussed on more than one occasion on this pod. But, Something's um, just occurred to me about just... this game that is quite depressing. It is, mm. of course, the uh, the Marouan Fellaini derby. Yeah, the that, David Moyes derby. A barometer of high quality of football there straight away, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. You just wonder if there's a dodgy decision that goes to VAR or something against Everton in the opening 20 minutes, whether or not they think that everything's against them and then it could fall apart for no, them. That it could won't happen. Sort of go that way. That won't happen simply because that would mean a dodgy VAR decision going for United, <laughs> who have had the most dodgy. Oh, so in the VAR room, they would be like, oh, I don't quite I don't know, know which. Who do we have <laughs> the most? Oh, no. It will be the longest decision ever. It will be like 10 minutes and we still don't know what's going on. <laughs> As somebody frantically searches for Tom Bailey's phone number to find out which way they got to go. So, is that everything? I don't think there's a... Mo oh, there is a there's Monday a night. I'm so sorry. We've got a bonus for you. So, very, very quickly, chaps. Gav Cheatham, Fulham Wolves. Ooh. I'm going to go... Don't think too fast, Gav. <laughs> nil, nil. Because I didn't even realise it was on a Monday. So I'm not, yeah, I do apologise to both Fulham and Wolves fans <laughs> for sort of saying, oh, look, Monday night, tune in this Monday. An afterthought, Rick. yeah. Can you advertise it? <laughs> yeah, nil-nil for me, Dave. Rick? All those Wolves and Fulham fans who've listened to the entire duration of this podcast to find out what the prediction for their game is, and, and Gav can't even be bothered to try and think it through properly. Nil-nil, <laughs> because I didn't want it to exist. <laughs> Like you didn't want Man City Liverpool to exist. Oh no, I really don't want that to exist. It's, it's it's such a we're really selling this weekend's football, aren't we? Tom, if you're working for Sky, how are you advertising this game and getting people to watch? <laughs> I'm not. It's last on Monday night. Um, I... So this is going to be four all, then, isn't it? Surely. It's gonna be can a we post? Can we postpone this one? No, um, it must be played works. at some stage, Tom. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, one nil Fulham, and Adama Traore will score against his former club or something. That's bound to be wrong. Because he's not going to score against <laughs> anyone, ever. <laughs> um, I think Fulham are due on. They've, they've been slowly sinking down the table, haven't they? And um, they need to get their season back on track. And I think that Fulham will win. It will be a decision against Gary O'Neill. And it will be absolutely livid. And it will go on live on MNF. Say something that he shouldn't say. And when he's being interviewed by Jamie Carragher and whoever the studio guest is, and um, he'll get a fine by the end of the week. That's what I think will happen. There's your detail. I think Wolves will score two goals in added on. No, they did that last week, didn't they? Or last time, didn't they? So uh, they're not going to do that again. Gary O'Neill will get more points. I can't see anything other than a Wolverhampton Wanderers victory. 2-1. Well, that's it. That's your lot for another week of Premier League Barclays. Freddie McTombele, thank you very much for joining us this evening and look forward to finding out how you get on with your predictions over the weekend. Fingers crossed. Thank you for having me. 
Gav Cheatham, thank you very much for joining us. Hard-hitting answers, as always, from your good self. Well, thank you. That's what the listeners want. Give them what they want. <laughs> See you all More next Gav time. Cheatham. That's what they always say to me. <laughs> Rick Hyatt and High Definition, thanks very much for joining us again and hope to see that uh, crystal clear picture of you again on future pods. I think it works well on, on, on radio. I think it's, it's an asset. And uh, the very best of luck with the monkeys on Saturday, mate. So hope you get out of there. Yes, I'll let, you, I'll let you know that I get back in one piece or yeah, whether or not that we're, we're going to need a new car. Two rings when you get home. Let me know you got there safely. And it's a very good night uh, from myself, Dave Pryor, because you have been listening to Football Bloody Hell. Feels I was born with two faces. I feel the smoke.